So if we haven't met before, my name is James. I'm the associate pastor here. And I just want to wish everybody a happy Mother's Day. I'm hoping that if you are a mom, you have been celebrated this morning or you will be celebrated uh, today. And today's the day we celebrate moms for all that they do. Um, It starts with giving birth to us, the the diapers, the laundry, the cooking, the cleaning, the homework, the shopping, chauffeuring, um, asking about our day, encouraging us when we're down, um, tucking us in at night. Hopefully that stopped when you turned about five or something like that, maybe a bit older. Uh, Cuddles, and all on top of working outside of the home often. And so a mom's hard work makes the home work. And moms are, moms are special. I see this um, every day with my wife, Shannon, and my son, Seth. Um, when Seth comes into our, our room every morning, um, every morning, bright and early, uh, he, he comes in and, and he climbs into bed, and it's Shannon he pays attention to. It's, it's Shannon that gets the kisses. It's Shannon that gets the hugs. It's Shannon uh, that gets the cuddles. And sometimes I'm like, hey, can I get in on this? And Seth's like, no, not you, Dad. <laughs> it's like, ouch. Um, <laughs> I'm there, but when he wants breakfast, he's like, Dad, it's time to get up. Um, and that's the truth. But uh, when Seth gets hurt, he, he reaches for Shannon. It's, it's his arms go out to her, and he, he wants her to kiss the boo-boos better. Um, uh, this happened yesterday. We were out running some errands with a friend of ours, Seth and I, having a guy time. And so he ran, our friend ran into the store to check something. And so Seth and I are sitting in the car, and I look at Seth, and he's, he's got this, like, um, kind of concerned, pensive look on his face. And I go, what's, what's wrong, buddy? What, what are you thinking about? And he goes, uh, I'm just dreaming about mommy. Um, and I'm not making that up. He actually said that. And I was like, this is sermon gold. Like, I'm using that tomorrow. Um, but moms have some sort of special power. Moms, moms are awesome. I can remember when I was 11, um, my brother and I, we were in a spot we weren't supposed to be. Um, boys do that. And so uh, we were out on a pond, and, and he slipped on the lake, or the pond, sorry, and he had a hockey stick in his hand, and when he slipped, he brought it back, and it hit me right there. I've got a nice scar next to my eye. And so um, your reaction when that happens is to go, watch what you're doing, and then call them a name. Um, but as soon as I took my hand away, and I, I see it's covered in blood, that's when the situation escalates and and the tears come even as an 11 year old boy and so you start making a beeline for home and it was about a 10 minute walk and as I'm walking home I'm not going oh man I need to get to a doctor I, I need I need medical help my thinking is I need to get to mom mom will know what to do mom can fix this situation now mom drove me to the ER and I got stitches um but mom did fix it um even as a grown man, though, I, I love spending time with my mom. I, I get to go home to PEI every once in a while, and I'll stay with my parents while I'm taking um, some of my classes as I work on my master's. And, and so I had four, uh, there was four kids in our family, and so they're all out of the house, and I go home and stay with my parents. I see what it's like to be an only child, and I'm like, this is awesome, um, because I'm the second, the middle child type thing. And so mom spoils me and takes care of me, and I, I love that. Um, if you've got your mother on Facebook or Instagram, she's probably your biggest fan. Um, she's like, every status you put out there, like, 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 and she, you can only like it once, but she wants to like it more than once. Or so if you put out a selfie there, um, she's the first one to comment. It's like, oh, you're gorgeous, my baby. And you're just like, mom, please stop. Um, but moms, moms are awesome, aren't they? Um, and so... Uh, 
I have seen a lot of good moms in my life. My mom's great. Shannon is a great mother to Seth. My mother-in-law, she's okay. No, I'm kidding. She's awesome. She takes care of me. Um, But even my grandmothers, my grandmothers are awesome. And so moms are awesome. When Mother's Day rolls around, it makes sense to me that we celebrate mom. It's clear to me. Um, Moms are awesome. They're a gift from God. But the question I have this morning is, are all mothers worthy of being honored? Does simply giving birth to a child mean that you should um, be honored on Mother's Day? Uh, because there, there are some, some moms who, who really weren't that great to their children. Some moms just didn't care about their children. Uh, the child might have been unexpected, and so the child was treated as unwanted throughout life. Um, Some moms were physically, emotionally, and verbally abusive to their children, and so it left scars. Um, Some scars that were visible and physical, but some scars that you can't see. Some moms didn't show love to their children or uh, instill a sense of value that, that they are important, that they have worth. Sometimes the kids were taking care of mom because mom was in no condition to take care of the kids. And I read an article this past week about a five-year-old who drove himself to the store to pick up groceries for the family because mom and dad were too drunk and high back at home to do it. And so sometimes you, you see that the kids are taking care of mom and dad before, long before it should happen, long before the roles should be reversed. And so they're, they're cooking, they're cleaning, they're taking care of the house. Some moms just weren't in the picture by choice. They just left the family. And so do you still have to honor a woman if she was a bad mom? Our gut reaction might be no, Um, especially if our mom wasn't a great mom, if if we were the ones who kind of suffered as a result of her her poor mothering, that that mom might have cheated us of a good childhood, we might think. Um, But the question I want to ask is, how does God define a good mother? How does the author of motherhood uh, say we should honor moms or what we should do um, when we have a bad mom? And so we're in chapter 31 of Proverbs. We're in week two of our series. And so um, what you'll see is Proverbs has a lot to say about the family, uh, in particular, the different roles that are within the family. And so we're in Proverbs 31. And the last part of this chapter, it talks about the wife of noble character. And so included in this description of the wife of noble character is how this wife would mother her children. And we need to know that this is an ideal. Um, This isn't an actual woman. This woman does not exist because this woman is perfect. Um, I've yet to meet the perfect woman. Now, some women come closer to this description than others. And some women possess these characteristics to one degree or another more than other women do. Now, I I just want us to be fair as we go through this. Proverbs chapter 31, um, this is a mother's teaching to her son. Um, the, Proverbs 31 verse 1 says, uh, the sayings of King Lemuel contain this message which his mother taught him. And so this is, this is not some guy making up a job description for wives or women everywhere, how to be a mother. Um, it's not chauvinistic as we go through it. This is a mom saying to her son, look for these qualities. Look for a woman who is like this. And if you find this woman that has these characteristics, put a ring on it and don't mess it up, boy. Because she's probably thinking, I want you out of the basement. I want to turn that into a craft room. I've got plans for that room, so don't mess it up. I'm reading into that a bit. Um, 
But that's what, that's what it, we, we see. It's a mom talking to her son. And so girls, young girls, listen up. If you want a boy and you want to please your future mother-in-law, aim for these characteristics because this is what she wants for her, for her boy. Now, verse 26 of chapter 31 of Proverbs, it says this. When she speaks, her words are wise and she gives instructions with kindness. She carefully watches everything in her household and suffers nothing from laziness. Her husband stand, or sorry, her children stand and bless her. Her husband praises her. There are many virtuous and capable women in the world, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty does not last, but a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. And so um, we kicked off the series last week in, in Proverbs. And if you weren't here, the fear of the Lord, what it is, is as a recognition of who God is and who we are in relation to God. Essentially, he is God I am not. He is the creator. I am the created. It's, it's a loving reverence for God demonstrated in obedience to him and his commands. It, it manifests itself that way. And so the fear of the Lord, it affects just about how we do everything. It affects our lives. So Proverbs 31 is saying this woman, this wife, this mother of noble character fears the Lord. She's somebody who's worthy to be praised. And, and so how does, how does fearing God make us a better um, wife? Or, or mother. Well, Deuteronomy chapter 6. Um, in Deuteronomy chapter 6, what we find is God is giving instructions to the Israelites after they've come out of 400 years in slavery. And he's saying, I'm going to take you to the promised land. But before we get there, we're going to lay down some ground rules. When we get there, this is how I expect you to live as my people. He's kind of redefining the culture for Israel. This is, this is how you are going to be my people. He's just given them the Ten Commandments. And so in verse uh, 4 of Deuteronomy chapter 6, this is what God says to them. He says, Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you are on the road, when you are going to bed and when you are getting up. And so we, we could ask the question, um, what is one of the primary responsibilities that God gives to parents? And God would say, it's to teach your children about me and to teach your children my commandments. And God's not saying, you know what, send your kids to Sunday school, send your kids to um, youth groups, send your kids to church, send your kids to VBS, send your kids to um, Bible camp, and, and they'll take care of raising your children to, to love, to fear me, um, to, to know Christ as their Savior. That's not what this is saying. God is saying it's the parents' primary responsibility and, and to, to raise their children in the fear of the Lord, the, that the parents' primary ministry focus is their own home, their own children. And so it's not the job of a pastor. It's not the job of, of, of a Sunday school teacher or a youth leader or, or anything like that. Um, it's the parents. It's, it's you. God is saying you are the primary um, instiller of God's word and God's values in your children. Now we're going to support you and we're going to help you in any way we can, but God gives you the primary responsibility and so a good mom, she, she knows that the home is part of her ministry. She's teaching and demonstrating the word of God to her children. And she understands that God's calling on her life is not to be her, her child's best friend. I mean, that's just idiocy. I'm not going to go too far into that one, but that's a bad idea. 
Her primary calling, and she knows this, is to be her child's protector, the teacher, the guide, the counselor, the example, the parent. And she does all this from Scripture. And this type of mother is not afraid to discipline her kids or to have her kids get mad at her because she knows, you know what, the kid, they'll get over it. Now, for those of you who are, who are still uh, kids or young, living under your parents' roof, under your parents' authority, um, this next little part is kind of for you. Um, and so I don't think I'm that old. Uh, we kind of talked in the first service. I'm not sure. Um, I'm kind of in between teenagers and their parents. I'm kind of that generation in between. And so when, when people like this look at me, I'm like, am I cool? Am I this old geezer in your eyes? I have no idea. But... What I want to do is I want to talk about this. Um, I had those friends whose parents let them do whatever they want, and they, they bragged about it. They're like, my parents don't care where I am, what I'm doing, or what time I get home. My parents were not those parents. My parents were the strict parents. My parents were the ones who's like, um, where are you going to be? Uh, what are you going to be doing? Who are you going to be with? Who's driving? Whose parents will be there? And what time are you going to be home? And when we say, what time are you going to be home? We mean you're going to be home when we tell you to be home. That was my parents. And so I, I'd often be like, why can't I have the freedom that my friends have? Why can't you just be a little bit more lenient? And I mean, I, I'd always break out this line. Maybe you used it before. You'd say, why can't you just trust me? Why can't you just trust me? And I'll be honest, I had no intention of doing anything that was dumb, um, of doing anything that was illegal. Like, I I didn't want to get drunk. I didn't want to get high. Those just really had no appeal to me. Whoa, sorry. Um, But but I I didn't want to do anything that would would cause me to get chased by the cops. Now, I will admit, that happened a few times, but it was somebody else's fault. Um, (laughs) But I had no intention of doing those things. And so I was like, why can't you trust me? Why can't you just get it? I'm not going to try and betray your trust. Now, I'm a parent now. I've got a three-year-old boy, and and, um, my son is named Seth, and you'll see him running around here. And since Seth started walking, and particularly running, I'm constantly asking this question, where is Seth? If you've got kids, you probably know that question. And so if we're having a conversation here after the service or before the service, and I'm going like this, I'm not looking for an out in our conversation. I'm going, what is Seth doing? Um, because he's a three-year-old boy. I don't, I don't trust him not to get in trouble. But I also understand that this world is not a very safe place at times. I've watched too much news I've seen too many missing children alerts pop up on Facebook and stuff like that. And so Seth's father, I love him. I absolutely love him. And I will do almost anything I have to that will keep him from harm. I understand that God has gifted me with Seth as he's gifted all parents with their children. But that comes with the job and the responsibility of raising the children in a certain way. And so the no's and the not yet's that might come your way, they're not there to ruin your life, to sentence you to being a high school loser. Um, That's not what those are. They're actually there to protect and guide you. So I want to say listen to your parents and honor them that way. Um, Your parents have lived in this world longer and, and they, they actually understand it a bit better, despite the fact that they, they can't use an iPod or don't understand how to use the remotes, and they're constantly saying, how do I do this? Um, your parents understand this world better than you do. 
Um, They've lived in it longer. They've learned some lessons along the way. And what might seem like something that is spoiling your fun and you might say ruining my life may have actually prevented you from learning some very difficult lessons the hard way. So if you've got a mom who will sit and listen, who will speak truthfully to you, who will share from their own successes and their own failures, uh, God has gifted you with something good. If you've got a mom who will bring you to church, who will sit and talk scripture with you, who will pray with you and for you, you are blessed by God because a godly mom is a blessing from God. Now, verse 27 says that this noble woman, she watches over the affairs of the house. And moms, moms are awesome at watching over the affairs of the house. Uh, you have your lists, you have your routines, you have your backup plans. I mean, how many men have come out of the washroom going, we're out of toilet paper? And your wife's been like, I've got 96 rolls tucked away in a cupboard. I, I knew this was going to happen. Like, your mom's got it covered. And moms, moms are good at that. They think of the things that dads might not. Moms um, have the wisdom to know that last-minute packing, not a good idea. You're going to forget something. They have the, the knowledge to know that, you know what, routines and schedules are a must for a child, and you don't mess with it if possible because that child could turn into something demonic if you, if, if you mess with it. Like, it, it happens. Now, the latter half of verse 27, it says that um, she... she um, suffers nothing from laziness. Essentially, it's saying, mom, when you say lazy, mom's like, what's that? I, I, I don't know what you mean. She, she hasn't lived it because moms are busy taking care of the house. They're often um, the first one up and the last one to bed. She's taking care of the needs of the entire household. And a lot of her work, it goes unnoticed. A lot of her work, it goes unthanked. But she's glad to do it. And so a mom's hard work makes the home work. Now, I want to look at verse 20 of Proverbs 31 just for a second. Um, I had to cut down the amount of scripture we were looking at today so that you can get out to your Mother's Day brunches or whatever. (laughs) I don't want to hold you. I know you got plans, but I want to look at verse 20. It says, She extends a helping hand to the poor and opens her arms to the needy. And so while a mom's primary ministry role is her own home, and her own children, just as it is for fathers. She, she does not limit it to that. A mom's sole ministry focus is not just the home. This is verses saying that this wise and godly woman is involved in ministry. She uses her gifts, her talents, her resources, her own home as, as something that she can use to grow the kingdom of God. And says her, her husband, her kids, they see it. They take notice of it, and they give her praise for it. Now, we can use our homes as places of ministry, and I'm not saying let's not, like, let's not be weird about it. When, when somebody shows up at your door, you don't have to be like, hello, and they're like, well, hello, it's a nice day, isn't it? And you're not like, yes, it is. This is the day the Lord has made. We should be glad and rejoice in it. You're not super like weird or, or scriptural. You're not sitting down every night to sing worship songs with the guitar or the piano. Bible trivia is not the favorite pastime of the family. I'm not saying be like Ned Flanders from The Simpsons, who like that's the standard Christian. Um, not that I've ever watched that show. Um, somebody else told me about that. Uh, that's not an endorsement. Um, but what I am saying is we can use our homes as a place of ministry. Use our homes as a place of ministry. Make your home a safe place for your kids to bring their friends to and for your friends to come to. 
There are many homes where what we might consider to be the norm is not actually the norm. These homes might be places that that don't know or understand or have love, peace, uh, respect, deference to one another, and submission. In godly relationships, they're attractive to people. People take notice. And when they see it in your home, it preaches Jesus louder than you might realize. One of the... um, best compliments that I've received lately came from a young woman who, who attends our life group. And uh, it just kind of caught me by surprise because she said, uh, just seeing how you and Shannon treat one another um, and how you treat Seth, it just, it, it made an impact on me. And I was like, I was surprised and I was thankful because like any marriage, Shannon and I, we have areas we can work on, we can get better at but it was, it, was, it was surprising as well because if you get to know me, you know I'm annoying if you spend a ton of time with me. I like to be sarcastic at times, and Shannon is a good and patient woman. And so, um, but it kind of it, it spoke to me because letting people see your home life can be a powerful tool for the gospel, for the kingdom. And so use your home as a place of ministry. Love God, love one another, and invite people into your home and love them in your home. And let it be known that God makes the difference. Now, verses 29 and 30, it says, There are many virtuous and capable women in the world, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty does not last, but a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. So this verse is kind of saying, uh, no one can replace you, mom. No one can replace a godly mom or, or the role she plays in a child's life. Because there's, there's tons of, this verse is saying there's tons of great women out there who do great things for their family, but nobody can replace mom. And this is, this is a mom giving advice to her son um, who to marry. And so young guys, listen up. This is for you. Um, don't marry a woman just because she's charming. Because charm can be an act that goes away as soon as the honeymoon's over. You might see the real beast after the honeymoon. Don't go just for charming. Um, This mom's saying, don't marry her just because she's beautiful. Because beauty will fade. It doesn't stay. He's saying, or she's saying, don't marry her just because she's beautiful. Beauty will fade, but character stays. She's saying to her son, go for a godly woman, because that's going to make your marriage and your home life much better. Now, um, a mom will always be one of the most important women in the life of her child. And just never ask the question to a man, who do you love more, your mom or your wife? That's not fair. That's setting him up to lose. It's lose-lose. It's not, it's not good. So don't ask that question. But moms, um, you're so special because whenever somebody wins a big award, you see it on TV, they, they always say, I'd like to thank my mom for her, her love, her, her support, and all the sacrifice she made to get there. Um, when, you're, when you're in an argument with somebody and somebody starts bringing mom into it, they're like, yo, mama, you're going to throw down to defend her honor. The gloves come off. It's like, I'm sorry. Um, we're going there. And so moms is, uh, insulting a mom is a line you just don't cross because moms are so important to us. And mom, you're so important that your son is going to look for a girl who is like you to marry. Your daughter um, will grow up trying to imitate you. She has learned from your example. And this is a challenge for moms. You influence how your son will view and treat women, whom he'll choose to marry and start a family with. 
Uh, you, you have an impact on what type of wife and woman and mother your daughters will be. God has given you that gift, but God has also given you that responsibility. So the question is, are you going to be wise and raise your child in the fear of the Lord? Are you going to teach them, you know what, you are not God. This world is not about you, but I'm going to introduce you to the one who is. Are you going to, can you imagine how much better this world would be if there weren't so many people running around thinking that they were the most important person in this world, the most important thing? How much better would the world be if, if more parents would commit to teaching their children the commands of God to, to love him and to love one another as we would like to be loved ourselves? It would be much better. Now, there's still the question, what do we do if our mom was not a good mom? We haven't really addressed that one. Do we still honor them? What if, what if your mom doesn't have any of the qualities that we just talked about the Proverbs 31 uh, woman has as, as a good um, good characteristics for a mother. I want to look at verse 31. It says, reward her for all she has done, let her deeds publicly declare her praise. And so what if your mom was not a good or great mom? What if she wasn't godly? Um, What if your mom wasn't even mediocre? She was just flat out terrible. I think the answer, we we find it in this verse, the NIV, it puts it this way, um, honor her for what she has done. Honor her to the best of your ability. Ephesians 6, um, Paul's writing to, to children in the church, or even in the Ten Commandments, when God says, uh, children, honor your father and your mother, he doesn't give um, a qualifier as to what your parents do to deserve to be honored. He just says, honor them. Honor your parents. And so um, your mom might not have been a good mom, but she still gave you life. You can honor her for that. Um, and I'm, not, I'm, I'm, your mom is, is human. You need to realize this. Mom is not perfect. Uh, she's, she's struggling in her life just like you struggle with, with temptation and with sin. And so she's living in the same broken world that you are. And your mom needs Jesus too. And I'm not going to say when you honor her, go all out, show up at the door with with flowers and chocolates and a card and say, I'm taking you to the most expensive restaurant in town as if what happened in the past never happened. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying honor her for what you can. Start simple. Give her a phone call and just say, Mom, thinking about you today, happy Mother's Day. When you do that, you're honoring Jesus who said, forgive and you will be forgiven. And it could be the first step to a better relationship with your mom, but it could also be the first step for for her to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, who by giving her his spirit, she can become the woman God wants her to be. A good mom is a gift from God, and if you've got a good mom, thank God for her, because she's demonstrated some things to you. She's demonstrated love, provision, kindness, forgiveness, and a lot of patience. If your mom wasn't good, I want to challenge you to extend forgiveness as much as possible as a representation of who Christ is, who forgave us when we were at our worst and still came into relationship with us. So may this Mother's Day be a reminder of the goodness of God, but also the need for restored relationships.